This is the will of him who sent me that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me. I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> Carol was not a sentimental woman. <laughs> not someone who put up with any religious schmaltz or nonsense. More than once, she and I talked about friends of hers who were old, suffering, declining health, in pain. She wondered why they were living so long, and she would complain about the spiritualized tripe that their pastors were offering them. That life was still worth living, that they should take comfort in their faith, that God must still want them on earth for a reason. Carol was having none of it. I confess, after every one of these conversations, I would search my memory, wondering if I had offered any such spiritual cliches. And Carol had good reason to be suspicious of religious pablum. After all, she had faced steep difficulties, even tragedies in her life. She raised her three children as a single mother in a small upstate New York town, always struggling to make ends meet. She lost her youngest son, David, to a shocking and violent tragedy, and then soon after, her husband, Jim, to a massive heart attack. So no wonder Carol did not have time for religious platitudes. But Carol had always been tough, a New Yorker with strong opinions, and she freely shared them with you, whether you wanted them or not. If you knew Carol at all, you knew she would tell you the truth, even if it hurt, and she might use words that aren't safe for church. <laughs> but here's the thing. For all her toughness, her salty language and sharp tongue, I think Carol was a kind of saint. Not one of those pious saints who look like butter wouldn't melt in their mouth, but a tough-minded saint who knows that faithfulness to God is serious business, requiring a stiff spine, a sharp sense of humor, and unending compassion. Carol was a private person who didn't want attention or acclaim, but if you talk to people who've been at All Saints as long as she had been, well, you learn things. And I've learned over these last few years that Carol, as her daughter Amelia said, was the person you wanted on your side when everything had gone wrong. She was faithful to those who are easily overlooked in our society, but who are the beloved of God. Carol was one of the faithful few who took regular shifts spending the night right here at All Saints when we were opening our church to the homeless, providing dinner, 
a bed in the pews, a wake-up call and breakfast before sending them on their way. That work, of course, led to the founding of the Dayspring Center, the shelter for homeless families next door. And early in the HIV AIDS epidemic, Carol devoted so much time to volunteering at the Damien Center, one of the places she asked people to make gifts in her memory. Those are some of the ways that Carol lived out her faith as a lifelong Episcopalian, but that's not why I'd call Carol a saint. No, for that I refer to very personal, private ways that Carol sided with the sick, the sinful, the outsider, the forgotten. I know most of these stories courtesy of Mark Gastineau, another All Saints saint, who shared the details of how Carol cared for our rector, Father Hansen, another tough bird, as he was dying from AIDS. Or how when one of our parishioners who had been convicted of sexually abusing his own son and was excommunicated for his unwillingness to admit sin, Carol was the one person who visited him in prison week after week. No fanfare, no approval of his terrible crimes, just compassion for a fellow sinner, just the sense that someone ought to minister to this lost sheep. My favorite saint story is about one of the young men who used to attend All Saints with others from a group home for people with mental disabilities. During Mass one Sunday, back when our parish hall was that way and you got to the bathrooms through that little door, this young man got up in the middle of Mass to use the bathroom. A few minutes later, he returned, pants down around his knees shuffled over to Carol, Carol and loudly announced, there's no toilet paper. As Mark notes, it was Carol he went to because it was Carol he trusted. So yes, Carol had no patience for the platitudes and pablum that too often get passed around by churchy folk. But she did live her life in an attempt to be faithful to the God who bids us to care for the stranger, the poor, the sick, the hungry, for the least of these. Still, she was no stained glass saint. She had her flaws. Amid her deeply loving acts, her great laugh, and all of her knitting, she could be hard on her kids, critical. She could be tough on her church family as she chatted, or is it gossiped, right there throughout Sunday Mass, sometimes driving those in the pews near her a little crazy, especially when her language wasn't, well, exactly out of the Book of Common Prayer. 
No, Carol couldn't stand trite religious sentiment. She made fun of me every single time we met for the way I sign my weekly letter to the church, which is this, beloved, you are beautiful, I love you, and God adores you. Every time Carol saw me, she would say, Mother Suzanne, God loves you, in a slightly mocking tone. <laughs> but then she would always shift, ending our conversations. I love you. I do. And God does too. And when it became clear that Carol was dying, she faced her death with clear, dry eyes. Amelia, I know she promised that you two would tell each other everything with the time you had left and how beautifully you cared for her, an extension of how lovingly you cared for her all these years, faithful to her, even when Carol was most difficult. When I visited Carol, bringing her communion for the last time, Amelia, Adam, and I gathered around Carol's bed. Carol was still so funny, mustering energy to tell some great stories. We had an honest conversation about her entering her last days how thankfully she would not linger like so many of her friends had. I knew I was in the presence of a woman who had trusted God her whole life, even through the tragedies. For out of the depths, she had called on God over and over and over again. She trusted these hard, honest truths of God. Life is hard, but God has compassion. That this life contains too many tears, too much mourning and pain. Yet as St. John the Divine describes in his revelation, Carol trusted that on that final day, pain will be no more. That God will one day wipe away every tear. As we prepared to take communion, I asked Carol what she would like to pray for. Carol gave the kind of testament that I wish for all people as she said that she was not afraid. She was ready. She had prayed every day for her children, that her life had been a gift, that she was so, so grateful for her family, especially her children, Adam and Amelia and David, who had brought her so much joy. There was nothing left to do then but share the mysteries of the body and blood of Christ together. And it is a moment I shall never forget. For in that moment, I truly felt that all pain and mourning had ended. And as I packed up my communion kit, I bent over Carol to say what I thought would be our last goodbye in this world. 
And she looked me in the eyes and said, God adores you. I love you. I'm pretty sure that's what Carol was saying all the time to all of you. She may have said it with an expletive, <laughs> but beloved, Carol loved all of you so, so much. Olivia and Adam, she adored you. And Adam, how she missed and loved you. Amelia, oh, how I hope you can remember even her hard words and hear underneath them, I am proud of you. I love you. In today's gospel, Jesus promises that he will never drive away anyone who comes to him, that he will lose nothing, nothing, no one that God has given him promising to raise us up on the last day. Well, Carol, imperfect like all of us, tougher than most of us, saint and sinner, but more saint, Carol gave herself to God, trusting God, waiting for the Lord, even in the depths, doing the work God has given us all to do, loving and serving the least, and God does not break God's promises. Carol is not lost to us, to God, for her life is changed, not ended. And we know that we will see her again on the last day. This is not schmaltz. This is the promise we have in Christ, a promise that Carol trusted. And that is why, in sure and certain hope, at the end of our service today, we will be able to proclaim, even at the grave, we make our song. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.